Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 87. Changing your business game through diversity, the latest trends. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. And as always, it's such a pleasure to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to the next level of growth and success. So Pam, what are we looking at today? The latest trends in diversity and how thinking differently about this issue and making new decisions can result in game-changing success. Okay. For example, the 2016 Emmy Awards featured a very high level of diversity in winners. Yes, it did. It did. And going along with this, we've been seeing that Netflix has been making a very public effort to recruit diverse staff that they say is more reflective of their diverse audience. Right. So, of course, the trends of diversity are not limited to the entertainment industry. Right. Leaders in every company and in every industry can benefit from taking a fresh look at issues of diversity from a game-changing perspective. Yeah, really challenging what diversity even is. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we're so happy to bring back Jane S. Howes, Managing Director of the Alexander Group, a leader in top-level executive search. For those of you who are listening for the first time, Jane has more than 30 years experience in executive search and has recruited top executives worldwide in a variety of industries. You can see Jane's complete bio by going to growthignitersradio.com, selecting episode 87 and scrolling down to resources. Jane, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. Well, Pam and Scott, it's wonderful to be back here with you. Now, You've been a lawyer and a businesswoman and owner of a business for 40 years. Can you give us your perspective on how diversity has evolved in business and the latest trends that you're seeing? Yes. You know, it's interesting. We hear so much talk about, well, there's not enough diversity. We need more diversity. And absolutely, that's true. But I think it's really helpful to take a look back on where we've come and, um, I'm trying to avoid sounding like when I was, you know, your age, I walked in the snow to school with no shoes on. Right. Uphill both ways, yes. Uh, yeah, uphill, uphill both ways. But, you know, when I got out of college, I was chosen for a management training program with at a bank, and I was three out of 50, three women out of 50 people, and got promoted to be a loan officer and actually had a man say, you know, I just will not ask a woman to borrow money. And this Mm. was 40 years ago. And and so that's an example of how things have changed so much. I mean, um, law school uh, graduates 40 years ago, 9% women. Today, it's even majority. So, yes, before you can say what we 
do need to do and what the trends are today, I think if you're a business owner, it's really helpful to say, well, let's look back and let's see where we have come and let's take the foundation of where we have come. And it's kind of like you're building a house. You may need an extra sure. room. You may need this addition now. But there's some good foundation of excellent changes that have occurred. And I think it's really important to acknowledge where we have come before we look at where do we need to go. Sure, we're framing the issue in a new way. Right. You've given the historical perspective. So where are we right now? Let's look about, uh, you know, 1980. That was 35 years ago. There was not one woman or minority CEO of the Fortune 500 or any large company, the Mm S&P. There were really no CEOs. Now, I think it's something like 23%, and that's not 50%, but that's a really big change in 30 years. Let's look at some of the corporate boards. There are very few Fortune 500 companies that do not have minority or diversity representation. And so are we in a great place? Are we in an ideal place? I'm encouraged because I see the trends going in the right way. And I see people thinking about diversity in a different way. And, you know, one of the trends I think we're seeing is I think we're getting away from quotas. Apple computer shareholder filed a a motion to force the board to quotas of certain number of African-Americans, certain number of diverse candidates, and it was defeated like 95, I mean 95% to 5%. It was roundly defeated because I think corporations, I think there's sensitivity to diversity that perhaps we didn't have, I know we didn't have it 15 years ago, and I think that's a really important thing to take this seed of looking at it differently and making it part of our consciousness and growing it and nurturing that. And I I think that's kind of what we're seeing Mm -hmm. and what we should be aiming for now Mm -hmm. and in the future. And building on that, Jane, it strikes me that uh, historically, when people spoke about diversity, they thought, well, okay, gender, race, but it's really so much more than that. And the more we look at diversity in how we get richness of different perspectives, however they come, I think that's what really gives more powerful, and it takes it out of looking at fulfilling quotas, which is, you know, as you say, no longer really the best way to look at it, and into what can we do to increase the richness of our business, the quality of our decisions, and reach out to our customer base in ways that are relevant to them. Absolutely. Scott, you know, I think the statistic that everybody has bandied about is looking at boards of Fortune 500 companies that have diversity, um, they're more profitable because Mm -hmm. you have a diversity of opinion, experience, judgment. And I think that's really important. Just to give you an example, I just am finishing a board search, and rather than say we have to have a woman, we have to have this, we have to have that, they want someone who represents their customer. And their customer is young. And their board members, there's probably not a board member under 
50. And so we're looking for people who represent their customer, who their customer is probably in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so is that going to be a woman? Is it going to be? We don't know yet, but we know that that's the diversity piece that we're looking for. And I think so that's a different way of thinking about diversity rather than, okay, we need a African-American female mm-hmm. to fit here or whatever, Native American, you know, whatever. It's thinking about it a little bit broader than just race, just sex. It, and it's harder to measure, frankly. And I think that's one of the challenges. So that's something that we'll talk more about in the second segment, in the third segment. But just getting a feeling for the why of it, I believe, is a huge issue. If people can begin to start saying there are good, sound business reasons, strategic reasons, right. that we need to frame our decisions in new ways, look at things in different ways, uh, especially as it relates to the word diversity. Sometimes I think people just go into a habitual response to this. There's much more of an opportunity there. What do you think diversity in business is becoming as we look into the future? I think, I think it's going to be inculcated as part of our DNA. And it's not going to be a fast shift. And I'll give you another example. Fifteen years ago, I did a search for a company in Atlanta, and they said, you know, we have a very large employee population, a gay population, and we would love for you to do the search and make sure that there are gay executives included in that. And we did, and the search was a successful search. Um, But nowadays, I doubt you would have that be a requirement because things have changed so much. It's a given that your executive ranks may or may not have gay and lesbian, transgender employees. I mean, we've changed that much. Mm -hmm. Social norms. Yeah. I I can't imagine a client asking for that now because it's just a given that it's part of the DNA of, of most corporations, you know, so it, it, it really has changed in subtle ways and in ways possibly that we don't really acknowledge. And I feel like acknowledging the progress that we have made is um, there's some power in that and there's some power to leverage off that by, you know, if you're going to climb a mountain, you need to acknowledge when you get to the first resting place, you know? I would agree with that. Yeah. But and not you also- rest, but acknowledge <laughs> it. <laughs> well, that's true. And the more that we can see what actually is changing and what has been changing, it gives us something to work off of to say, well, what's next? So exactly. we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk more with Jane House, managing director and founder of the Alexander Group about emerging trends in business diversity. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful leaders and their companies to accelerate to their next level of growth and success by changing the game. Does this topic resonate with you? 
We have more. Check out related episodes to expand your perspectives and take away even more immediately actionable ideas. Just go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 87, and scroll down to resources. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Jane Howes, Managing Director and Founder of the Alexander Group, about the business implications of evolving trends in diversity. Jane, how can people find out more about you and the Alexander Group? Our website is www.thealexandergroup.com, and there you can find our weekly blogs on leadership, the executive search industry, what trends we're seeing, and we publish that every Monday, so you can keep up with us through that and through social media. It's a very timely resource. You can also access this by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 87, where you'll find a link over to Jane's website. So, in the first segment, uh, we discussed the importance of thinking differently about the why of diversity and how we define it in order to find new opportunities. Now, let's switch gears a bit and discuss thinking differently about building a diverse organization. Jane, thinking about this, who should own the diversity initiative? Would it be the board or the CEO? Well, I think you have to start with diversity as a goal, uh, wanting it to be part of your company's DNA. And let's talk about the board a minute. If you have a board that is all 65-year-old white male, um, that's probably not a good way to move into that culture. So, you know, I think tacitly the board is involved at in diversity without even saying anything by who is on the board. But aside from that, the CEO, I think, really plays such a major role because the CEO sets the tone, the CEO and the executive team set the culture, Mm -hmm. Um, they set an environment where diversity, again, and when I say diversity, I'm talking about all types of diversity is welcome, encouraged, Mm -hmm. recruited for. So I really look at it as a CEO role. Now, if you don't have a CEO who acknowledges and recognizes diversity, HR is somewhat hamstrung um, in that almost everything comes from the CEO. The CEO sets the tone, sets the strategy. And if you don't have a CEO who embraces diversity or is willing to allocate resources to it, it makes the HR role quite a bit more difficult to accomplish that and to partner with it and to move it along. So I think you've really got to have it from the top. And then I think the managers need to train their managers to think about diversity. And I think it's something that should be talked about. I think it's something that should be looked at. And I think it's something that we you can do creatively. What are we doing? Are we doing everything we can to make sure we have a diverse workforce? 
I like what you're saying, Jane, because when we talk with executives and they're talking strategically, you know, where are we going to go? Naturally, it comes to how do we get more diverse viewpoints about what's happening out there? How can we really make innovation happen? And there's nothing like diversity to increase innovation. That's right. Time and time and time again, we find, and you've said it yourself, the more diversity you have, the better business outcomes you have. So it's a strategic imperative. Absolutely, Scott. If I were a new CEO, I know some of your listeners are new CEOs. If I was a new CEO coming into the role, I would ask questions. How do you feel about us as a diverse organization? Uh How do you feel about the composition of our workforce? How do you feel about the opportunities that we are offering diverse candidates, and are we doing everything we can from a recruiting standpoint to nurture that so it becomes part of our DNA? And I think even if you've been a CEO for 20 years, I think once a year, once a quarter, once at some point, the discussion needs to be an ongoing discussion of okay. what are we doing. And I think also it's a good thing to assess, are we losing people who represent diverse viewpoints or diversity candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know years ago uh, we did work and a new CEO came in and he asked us to do a survey to talk to mm-hmm. some of the women in the organization. And they felt like they weren't getting some of the plum consulting assignments because a lot of the guys went hunting on the weekend. A lot mm-hmm. of them hung out and went and had beers after work or running after work. And so they miss them. And it was such an easy fix to do a different way of announcing projects and communicating okay. projects. And they didn't have to change their hiring so much because they had a diverse for, for But they had to see how are they treating everyone and are the opportunities equal within our diverse workforce. And okay. so I think this is all part of making diversity as part of your DNA. So what you're really saying is that we have to think differently about our workforce so we can think differently about the challenges in recruiting and retaining and making the most of diverse top talent. Would you say that's correct? Exactly. Exactly. And one, it's recruiting diversity candidates Mm -hmm. and also maintaining and keeping it and, and, and building that flame where it becomes where there's a variety of viewpoints. And, and I'm saying it a lot of different ways, but I think it's really key to be looking at who do we have, how are we keeping them, are there opportunities mm-hmm. where, you know, I know uh, many years ago we did a search for a company in Birmingham, Alabama, my hometown, and they really didn't have that much of a diverse workforce. Birmingham, as everyone knows, had had been strained by race relations um, in the 60s and 70s, and this company really wanted to make a difference. So, you know, they had to come up with a plan. How do we do it? It's not going to be just hiring one African-American executive. It's got to start at the top. We need to offer scholarships to African-American universities. We need to send our HR team to interview engineers. We need to attack this on all fronts because one hire does not make a diverse workforce. 
So the more that we create an environment where we're creating opportunities for people to be attracted to our workplace because we're offering these benefits, as you were mentioning, and at the same time, leading and managing in a way where people feel like they matter. Yeah, they make a difference. Huge it motivator retains. in retention. So let's talk a little more about this. It's very traditional to evaluate diversity initiatives through statistics on search and retention. What would be a more strategic way to evaluate the impact of a diversity initiative? You know, I don't think we throw out the baby with the bathwater on statistics. I think they're really important. I think a lot of companies at one time were looking at, okay, what does our workforce look like? Is it diverse? Without looking at, are the diversity candidates that have come to work with us staying with us? If you're going to look at a statistic, I would be looking at the statistic not only of what does our workforce look like, but I would be looking at, is this a welcoming place for diverse executives, um, managers, and are they staying? And if they aren't, I would, find, I would survey those that have left and say, why did it not work? Did you just get a better job? Did you, you know? So the statistic I would be looking for is, one, retention, but the additional strategic way I would be thinking about this is I would have a conversation that goes on either by a committee, by a working group where we talk about what are we seeing? What are we experiencing? What are we doing? It's an ongoing nurturing and conversation. I think that's strategic, talking through what is our experience? What do we see other companies doing? Is there something that we might do and do it better than other companies are doing? But it needs to be kind of something you're very, very current with. Okay, so we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Jane Howes, Managing Director and Founder of the Alexander Group, about immediately actionable things you can do to use business diversity as a strategic advantage. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us with Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Can you do us a favor? If you're enjoying and gaining useful insights from Growth Igniters Radio, can you let us know by writing a short review on iTunes? Not only does this let us know what you value, your review is one of the most important ways we can reach others who will benefit as well. And now we have a special limited time offer. The first 10 people who submit reviews between September 14th and October 14th, 2016, will receive a complimentary autographed copy of my book, Preventing Strategic Gridlock. Reviewers have said this book is a timeless resource and a great book for overcoming stalls that derail strategic progress, regardless of the economy. To look inside, visit the Preventing Strategic Gridlock page on Amazon.com. Just be one of the first 10 people to contact us by October 14th, 2016 on growthignitersradio.com. Let us know about your new review and we'll get your autographed copy to you right away.
Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Jane Howes, Managing Director and Founder of the Alexander Group, about the business implications of evolving trends in diversity. Jane, how can people find out more about you and the Alexander Group? Pam, our website is www thealexandergroup.com, and we are very active on social media at The Alexander Group and um, on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay, and you can find links and other information also by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 87, and scroll down under resources. Now we are at the part of our episode where we talk about the three immediately useful ideas for leaders to change their business game through diversity. It's actually even more than three sometimes. So let's start out talking about an immediately useful idea with regard to strategy for diversity. Well, I think, Pam, a lot of what you can do depends on the size of your company. One of the things that you know, larger companies have done, I think probably in the last two years we've done searches for five, four or five director of diversity and inclusion. But say you're a smaller company. What I would do is first put in the proverbial clutch and look at where are you. I mean, maybe you just have this wonderfully diverse workforce and you don't really need to do much. But you Mm -hmm. need to do something. So what I would do, regardless of the size, is have some type of team or committee or group that talks about it and assesses what do we need to do, where are we weak, where can we beef up, does it Mm -hmm. happen at the college level, what do we need to do. That's excellent. In fact, one of the things that I was also thinking about is how oftentimes we mean different things by diversity. So if somebody's sitting on a plane right now, they finish listening to this episode, jot down, what do you mean by diversity? And then, like you're saying, if you share that with the team, would that be something that could also help? I think uh, communication about diversity would be really great. And, you know, if you ask 10 people what they mean by diversity, you may get 11 (laughs) different answers. Right. Exactly. I think that's a good thing because you can talk about what do we mean when we talk about diversity? What what do you mean when you talk about it? Exactly. What do we do to ensure that we continue on the path that we are on? It's a worthwhile conversation. Yeah, and make it an expansive conversation and make sure that you have an alignment so then when you start doing things, everybody's on the same page. Exactly. That's great. So let's talk about another thing. You spoke about search. Uh, how can somebody do something very practical and actionable to increase the success of diversity in search? Um, Scott, that's a, that is a really great question. I think if you retain a search firm, I think anytime you do a search, uh, you tell your search firm, we want to see a diverse slate of candidates. And mm-hmm. what does that look like? And, you you know, diverse, as we've talked about in the other segments, can mean many things. But I think you hold your search firm's feet to the fire and say, mm-hmm. we want, we're going to hire the best person, but we want a diverse 
candidate slate. And don't be willing to uh, settle on that. We do a number of searches and we're told it's not going to work if you bring us, you know, five guys same age. We want a diverse <laughs> group of, of candidates. And uh-huh. I think I think you do that. The other thing I think, you know, say you don't use a search firm. I think one of the things that you can do is look at various minority groups. There's a plethora of different groups. There's Hispanic business groups. There are uh-huh. Asians. I mean, and, and that, that takes diversity to just the most simple thing. But I think if you've got an, if you have an HR department that is doing their own search, there are resources they should be using to say, you know, let's make sure everybody knows about this position. And that's one thing we can do. Maybe mm-hmm. we post it at certain colleges. You know, try and be a little bit creative than just put a position on the internet. Reach out and try and identify uh, sources of candidates that might not just be reading one ad. That's that's right. You know, it, it also reminds me, you and I both do a lot of speaking. And uh, one of the things when I was in corporate that I used to do uh, when I was with smaller companies was go to organizations and speak. So not just recruiting, but actually speaking in a variety of different organizations. And that generated new conversations. You must find that, of course. Exactly. I think the more you talk, and and the other thing, if you have diverse uh, executives with the company, pull them in and say, where do we look? Help us look. You know, reach out for help. And I think think that's a good thing to do because, you know, when I worked in a corporation and companies would say, well, we want to hire another female. We want to hire another female lawyer, even though Mm -hmm. it was a non-legal job. And I think that's a great way. You have a lot of talent in your ranks and empower them to help you. And this is a, a, almost another segment of employee referral programs. And I, that's they're, true. They're very effective, especially in, in this is one of the ways they are effective. Mm-hmm. So speaking about effectiveness then, what about evaluating the whole success of diversity and how you're going to outreach I think you have to have some type of scorecard. I think statistics are fine, but they are not the last place you need to look. So, of course, you need to look at statistics. And I think you need to look at are you having higher turnover with minority groups, however you define that, than other groups. And then that's a different conversation. But I think you've got to have some type of scorecard. Now, obviously, if you're working at a board, it's easy to go, well, we've got eight board members and three diversity candidates. Mm -hmm. It's easier that way. You just look and say yes or no. If you're looking at your whole rank of employee population, yes, the statistics are a starting place. But again, I think it's a communication using your statistics as a communication device where do mm-hmm. we go from here? How does this? How did these figures look to a year ago? Is the culture of the company better, different? And so, it's a diversity is not just checking off boxes. It goes hand right. in hand with how is the culture of our 
our company? How is it evolving? And I think diversity and culture are two inseparable items and tools, if you will. Absolutely. And of course, it also contributes to what's getting done. If you think back to the beginning of our episode, and we were talking about how Netflix embraces diversity because it is good business it's for good them. Business, that's right. And so they're using metrics like you're talking about, but metrics also to are we reaching the audience mm-hmm. that we intended? Yeah. Uh, and that, of course, is the name of the game is, you know, we're in business to do good things and in a variety of ways. And enrich our results. Right. So, Jane, this has been fabulous. Any final thoughts on this topic? The final thought I'd leave you all with is that whatever we're talking about diversity today, the conversation is to be continued because diversity is evolving and will look different and we'll talk about it differently next year than what we're talking about today. That's true. We'll have to come, have you come back with your crystal ball and tell us what's next. I will be back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jane, for a great episode. Okay, thank you all. And Jane, thanks again, and thanks to all of you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 87. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider with your team. What are three steps we can take immediately to take advantage of the power of diversity in our company? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.